We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Happy bloody Merry Friday, everybody. Two hours away until that thing is full and I am on my way to the weekend. It is a football Friday here on Home and Home, radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Please try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Boy, do we have a lot to get to previewing some incredible games this coming weekend, including Baltimore and Kansas City, a historic matchup between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. We will talk about more allegations towards Antonio Brown and what high-profile shoe company is dropping him. Will he be on the field this weekend for the Patriots? A lot of questions out of the A-B camp this morning. But we start with a wild Thursday night football matchup, Ross Tucker's favorite matchup in the NFL, Titans and Jags. They're playing on a Thursday night for the fifth time in six years, mind you. Uh, I should say I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker on the road this time as he prepares for another weekend broadcast. And let's start with the big Jags win over the Titans. Jalen Ramsey, yes, still on the trade market, but no word on that yet. The penalties oddly emerged as the biggest story coming out of this game and probably because... The face of the NFL, Tom Brady, tweeted about the penalties. First, too many penalties just let us play. I'm turning off this game. I can't watch these ridiculous penalties anymore. Ross Tucker, your reaction. Happy Friday, my friend. Yeah, happy Bloody Mary Friday, Dave. Good to talk with you. You see if people that are watching can see the Tom Brady tweet right now. Uh, And you know what's amazing about it, Dave? It was so nice on some level to have the greatest football player of all time, certainly the greatest quarterback of all time, feel like he was one of us. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) he tweeted what we were all thinking, what we were all talking about, like what we were all tweeting. It was just nice to have Brady, like to picture Brady on his couch and just watching the the game and feeling... Yeah, with a supermodel. Yeah, (laughs) feeling the same way that we do, though. It was kind of nice. I thought the story was going to be Minshew mania. I mean, you know, the Jags got out to a 14-0 lead. Gardner Minshew, look, I'm not going to go overboard, Dave, about what kind of player he is. I'm not ready to anoint him as a starting quarterback in the NFL yet. After two and a half regular season games and the preseason. But I've seen enough now to know he should have gone well before the sixth round. And he is, at minimum, appears to be a guy that could be a very good backup in the NFL for a long time. There's no question about that. But ultimately, the story ended up becoming about the penalties. And it's really a shame because that was the focal point of the game, 15 penalties in the first half, 
so many of them holding penalties, Dave. And it was really just a continuation of what has happened throughout the regular season so far. I believe we are now up 70% in terms of holding penalties from last year through the first two games and change, two weeks and, and one game. And my question is, Dave, who wanted this? Like, whose idea was it? I would love to have been in that room where they thought, you know what, guys? The ratings are back up again. It's really popular. Things are going really well. What can we do to make the game better? You know what? Holding penalties. People love holding penalties. Let's get more holding penalties. That would be good. Said nobody ever. Yeah, the one thing you could understand the league making a reach for is preventing roughing the passer and the soft roughing the passer that I hate so much in this league. That would make sense for the current NFL narrative because the ratings were up last year in particular because of one man, and that was Patrick Mahomes really boosting everybody's number. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys always playing a role, but yeah, oddly enough, that's the penalty. Holding, offensive holding, not defensive holding, not pass interference and not roughing the passer. Holding is the reason that penalties are up 16%. And it is really notable to have Tom Brady comment on that. Some feel it's ironic because he didn't say whether it was the holding penalties or the bad roughing the passer call that did happen last night, which there was one. And because what happened earlier this week is, um, is there's been a lot of talk about penalties and Tom Brady according to a report in the Miami Herald, Raekwon McMillan was told by a referee to stay off Tom after a legal hit. Tom Brady's always barking at the officials for roughing the passer call. So it wasn't entirely clear which penalties were pissing Tommy off. Hopefully he's talking about the holding calls and not the bad one against uh, Correa there, roughing the passer in the second quarter. It is bad. I'm not sure what they can do to fix it. Even Troy Aikman, though, who called this game last night, said earlier in the week, quote, it's nauseating from my perspective. And I don't think anyone, I don't think those games like it. I don't think the fans like it. Um, what should the NFL do to fix this? Should it just be an emphasis on cutting out the holding? Where do they go from here? Well, and here's what's interesting about that, right, Dave? Then after yeah. the tweet from Tom Brady, and the 15 penalties in the first half, do you know they did not throw a single flag in the third quarter? And I would <laughs> I ask you, Dave, what, what are the odds of that? Like, what, what are the odds of that, that that just happened? Like, that there were 15 legitimate penalties in the first half and then none in the third quarter? I, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. I've seen, I saw where Teddy Bruschi tweeted that they didn't throw the flag once after Brady's tweet. <laughs> um, I, I know this much. If I worked for the NFL in a high position, I would have called the officials at halftime and said, guys, what are you doing? Lighten up. Now, there are some that need to be called. I mean, Jameel Douglas had a blatant holding penalty. You have to call that the right guard for the Titans. But then there's others, Dave, where it's like they call a hold downfield on Tajay Sharp. That wasn't close to a hold. It wasn't a hold at all. You know, I always hear the expression, they could call holding on every play. I never really believed that. But I would say 
that there are definitely a lot of plays where if they wanted to be super ticky-tack, they could. They were calling holds last night, Dave, that weren't even ticky-tack. They they weren't holds. Yeah. Like, they, they're, like J, Jalen Ramsey, like, dove like this, and they threw the flag. It was bad. I mean, it, it was really, really bad. I do believe someone called down at halftime. I, I do believe that they, they can influence the officiating in some way. I think it's a really, really bad look for the NFL. It's a primetime game. We're all watching. There have been so many penalties already this season. Nobody wants that. Like, here's my advice to officials at every level. When in doubt, don't throw the flag. When in doubt, you don't throw the flag. I don't know why it seems like, especially for holding penalties this year, Dave, they have changed the standard to, when in doubt, throw the flag. Nobody wants that. People that are watching, and you can always both listen and watch at radio.com slash home or on the radio.com app. They're showing my tweet last night. Got over a 1,000 likes. At Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Dave Briggs TV. Our show is at RDC Home and Home. Nobody wants this. And can you imagine how bad? Think of it from a business perspective, Dave. Can you imagine how bad of a look it is for the NFL that Tom Brady is tweeting that? You know how bad that is? I mean, he's the best player ever. He's so influential. And if he's tweeting that, the guy that loves football, that he's still playing at 42 years of age, that is awful, awful for the NFL. Quick question. If a, if a lower-profile player, lower-profile quarterback tweets that, does he get fined? I mean, obviously Brady doesn't. Does a low-profile player get fined for that? I don't think you get fined unless it's a game that you were in. Sure. Like, I think Jamal, Jamal Adams, who was very outspoken about the fine he already got for the late hit on Baker Mayfield— from Monday night, which, by the way, I thought was a questionable late hit in the first place. I can't Without believe they fined him over $20,000. Think about, in all sincerity, wow, our guys are good. They're, they already got the Jamal Adams tweet up there. He wrote, this league is On a it. damn joke. I just got fined 21000 for this hit. I signed up to play football, not two-hand touch. Bullshit. I don't give a damn about these soft rules protecting quarterbacks. I'm going to play my brand of football every time I step on the field. SMH. That means shake my head, Dave. I know you're a little older than me. But SMH means shake my head. By the way, later on, we're going to we're gonna ask you if you know what AF means. Because Josh Jacobs said, already lost 10 pounds because I'm sick AF. So we'll find out if you and the listeners know what AF means. And we'll get into that because, by the way, Belichick would go... <laughs> Berserk if one of his players ever did that. Absolutely berserk. But that's not the point right now. The point is, is Jamal Adams might get fined for that because he's criticizing something he was involved in in a game he was involved in. But you can't find Brady for being a spectator no. on a Thursday night watching a game and saying, I'm turning it off because of all these flags. 
There was without a doubt the NFL was listening. They saw that tweet. I'm not sure if he is what prompted the move by the NFL, but something did happen. And certainly they watch and listen to everything Tom Brady puts on social media. I thought the two worst calls in this game went against the Titans. I don't think they were holding calls. I do think it was the uh, roughing the passer against Correa in the second quarter. And then the pass interference against Logan Ryan was also another bad call that really hurt them in this game. But ultimately, Titans lost this game on their own merit. Uh, and in particular, I think the biggest number that stood out to this game is how many times the quarterback, Marcus Mariota, was sacked. How many times was he sacked? Nine times. How many times? Nine times. How many times? Nine times. How many times? Nine times. Oh, thank you, Principal Rooney from <laughs> Ferris Bueller's day off. Nine times he got sacked. Look, I saw all the rush to judgment this morning and last night on Twitter that Marcus Mariota has done. He is overrated. He is awful. Look, you get sacked nine times, and I know Ross Tucker's going to tell me he held on to the football too long. I thought there were two missed passes in that third quarter when they were down 14 zip. Both of them should have been easy touchdown tosses. Other than that, though, can't fault them for playing that bad. 30 of 40, 300 yards, nine times he was sacked. And Gardner Minshew is the story in this game. The stats, and again, hate to throw out more numbers, but try to absorb this one. Gardner Minshew has the highest completion percentage in QB rating in the first three games for a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Gardner Minshew is legit. He is completing everything. He is going downfield. He is gutsy. 23 years old. He's been through a lot of ups and downs in his life. And Minshew mania is soon to spread. If this guy was playing somewhere else, Tucker, if it wasn't Jacksonville, if he was playing in New England or playing in New York or, hell, playing for the Rams out west, playing for Dallas, God forbid the country would explode. Minshew mania for right now is in Jacksonville. He keeps playing like this is going to go around the country. It already is. And honestly, if, if there weren't that many penalties, Dave, I think that's what we would be talking about. I mean, I think that would have been the story. You got a six-round pick whose dad is a total meathead up in the stand, all <laughs> jacked up, named yeah. Flint. The guy's Gardner Flint Minshew the second. There is no Gardner Flint Minshew the first. He's the second. They said, well, why isn't he the junior? They said because if you if you call him if you do that junior in the south everybody just calls him junior. I don't understand why he's the second junior. I don't Makes even sense. know why we're talking about that. The guy has so much swag. You know, right now, you know what he is, Dave? He's like what people want Baker Mayfield to be. I mean, the way he's playing right now, he's playing better than Baker Mayfield is. Yeah. He really is. He's he's like the Baker Mayfield type. And it, it, there's so many different ways we could yeah. go here, Dave. But the one thing for sure is it's another total quarterback evaluation fail across the NFL. That he didn't go until the sixth round. How could other teams, you know, not take him in the second, third, fourth, fifth, maybe even first round? But certainly every team passed on him in the third, fourth, and fifth round. Are you kidding me? I mean, I was in Philadelphia doing the preseason games, and they end up releasing their fifth-round pick, Clayton Thorson, who's on the Cowboys practice squad right now. He did not play very well, and obviously they wish they had drafted Gardner Minshew 
instead, I'm sure. But it just goes to show you how hard it is because the Eagles are good evaluators. They drafted Wentz. But it goes to show you how hard it is to draft and to evaluate quarterbacks because I'm not sure, Dave, that Nick Foles even gets his job back. In week 11, when he comes back, why would you give Nick Foles his job back? If Minshew, undrafted rookie making a six-round pick rookie making the minimum peanuts, that's who you roll with and you say, sorry, Nick, glad you got 20 million some this year and glad you got the guaranteed money. Happy for you, but we're going with Minshew mania. The guy's got swag. He's accurate. He's fun. After the game, he called in to popular shows. I mean, I love the guy. I'm all in on Minshew mania. There's a long time between now and when Nick Foles comes back. But if he came back right now, I can't imagine Doug Marone would put Nick Foles right back in there in the starting spot. Let's hear from the quarterback, Minshew mania, right now. Seriously, how excited were you coming coming off this field? First NFL's first NFL career win as a starter, just all you know the Thursday night primetime, the whole thing. Yeah, man, you can't beat it. Can't beat it. Um, you know, it was awesome, awesome to experience it with these guys. Man, we've been been battling our tails off, getting closer and closer to and to finally do it in our home field. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Gardner, do you, do you ever get nervous? You don't ever look nervous. No, I, I get I get nervous, man. But uh, you know, you you be nervous and go through it. You know, play. You just play till you ain't. Do you ever think about the fact that you're just in the NFL and it was nationally televised and you just got here and it's rest of your mind at all? Uh, sometimes, but uh, it, more than anything, it motivates me because, uh, you know, a lot of people never thought I'd get this opportunity. So now that I do have it, I got to make the most of it. Um, so I'm super grateful for it. Uh, but I know, um, you know, through everything I've learned in my career, you know, the situation I'm in, I may only get one. So you got to make the most of it. So that's what I'm trying to do now. Relax you a little bit to get. By how you play, are you surprised? And if not, why? Uh, no, because uh, I mean, I know the preparation I put in. Uh, I know the guys that I have around me. I know the coaches that we have. Uh, they've done everything they can to prepare me. So um, I, n- I never felt unprepared. Uh, I didn't have much experience, but I was definitely prepared. He's a 23-year-old rookie. He's been through a lot of ups and downs. He went to Troy, then he went to community college, then he went to East Carolina, and then he ended up at Washington State as a graduate player. So perhaps all of those ups and downs and all of that perspective and being a 23-year-old rookie helps him immensely in this spot. One more stat from Minshew. He's 404 on passes that have traveled 40-plus yards in the air. Blake Bortles was also completed four passes, 40-plus yards in the air, all of last year. You have to like this guy in the stash and the headband and the stretching with bands and nothing but a jock strap in the locker room. Thankfully, there's no video yet to emerge of that. And he's doing it, Ross, in spite of Leonard Fournette doing less than nothing, albeit a 69-yard run, one of the strangest box scores people who didn't see the game have ever woken up to. A 69-yard run and a total of 66 yards rushing. What the hell happened to Leonard Fournette? Well, both he and Marcus Mariota, Dave, had two of the all-time most deceiving stat lines I've ever seen. I mean, Mariota, 23 of 40, 304 yards, did not have interception. He was awful. He's not good. I'm sorry. We talked yesterday about Mariota, whether or not he's a franchise quarterback, he's just not. I mean, 
if Mariota is your franchise quarterback, your franchise isn't really going anywhere and you're looking for better. It's a shame. I really thought he would get better and maybe it's because of the different offensive coordinators or whatever, but Dave, and, and the offensive line wasn't great to your point earlier in the show. And that's part of the nine sacks, but get rid of the ball, please. Marcus, for the love of God, throw the ball. Not only that, he's just not accurate. He doesn't look like he really knows what's going on. 23 of 40, 304 yards. He was not good, I'm telling you. And that doesn't even take the cake of Fournette. Fournette, 15 carries, 66 yards, 4.4 yards a carry. Not bad. Except for what you just pointed out, Dave. With Before his last carry, he had 14 carries for negative 3 yards. The 69-yard carry, nice, was... His last carry of the game. That's why you can't just wake up and look at stats and try to know what happened in the game the night before. <laughs> you got to actually watch the game. He tiptoes. It's a shame. You know, I loved him at LSU. Uh, you know, he was an absolute man among boys in college football. His high school highlights are one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. I mean, he was and is a grown man. I don't know what happened to him, Dave. I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or perhaps, you know, did he take a shot his first couple of years, like a really vicious shot? Because he's not the same guy. He does not run with a whole lot of authority or violence. You know, once he gets his speed going, like once he gets his momentum going, he's a force. He just never gets it going. He like tiptoes in the backfield. Kind of crazy. I mean, Mariota was the second pick in the draft. Leonard Fournette was the fourth pick in the draft. And both those guys are disappointments. Let me just say this about Mariota. Yes, I agree with you. Doesn't look like the answer for them. But for anyone that thinks uh, they go to the back of Tannehill and suddenly that team is better, uh-uh. that, that team's got a lot of issues. In particular, they start with the offensive line. It does look like they probably move on from Mariota, barring some dramatic turnaround. They've had that three straight nine and seven run. They would be thrilled to be nine and seven this year. I don't think they're going to get there. And Fournette, the odd thing is, we've seen the talent to your point, in particular at LSU, but he looks like a guy who got his money, who got his 50 or 60 guaranteed million dollars. And the irony is, he is playing for a contract. I can't imagine, speaking of Mariota, I can't imagine Leonard Fournette gets any contract the way he's playing unless a dramatic, well, Derrick Henry-like turnaround late in the season. lot to get to on the Antonio Brown front, and none of it is good news for number 17 on the New England Patriots. We'll get into all that in just a moment, but first, hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants 
She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates so she could focus on the best ones. And that, my friends, is why Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. See why ZipRecruiter is so effective with businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address. Write it down. We'll give you a minute. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. It is simply the smartest way to hire. Now, as for number 17 of the New England Patriots, Antonio Brown, as you know him, Things are going from bad to worse for A.B. in a hurry. No indication yet that the NFL or the New England Patriots are going to move to sit him down, but a lot of latest. First, Nike drops him as a Nike athlete. Uh, Comments of the Boston Globe were very brief about that, simply saying he is not a Nike athlete. The big story, I think, comes from Robert Klemko of Sports Illustrated. And we're going to hear from A.B. in a minute uh, as he talks to the Boston media for the first time. But Robert Klemko of Sports Illustrated, if you haven't been paying attention to the whole thing, found another accuser of sexual harassment, an artist who allegedly was painting Antonio Brown was naked with the hand towel over his genitals, harassing her uh, reportedly in her words, on multiple occasions, but she never pursued any charges, a lawsuit, or attention. Robert Klemko from Sports Illustrated found her. Well, that could have been it, but it was not. Apparently, Antonio Brown and his camp sent some text messages to this accuser, this artist, and she perceives these text messages to be threatening. That's why, and we'll put those text messages up for those of you watching on the radio.com app. But Thursday night, Lisa Banks, the lawyer for this artist, sent a letter to the NFL seeking an end to what she termed conduct by Brown that is, quote, intimidating and threatening to our client and in violation of the NFL personal conduct policy. Those words, again, Ross, are intimidating and threatening text messages. There they are on your screen for those of you watching. Whew, that's a lot to unpack. Let's hear from Ben Volan from the Boston Globe on the Greg Hill Show this morning on WEEI. And right out of that, Ross, I want your reaction. Listen. In my opinion, if you keep him off, if you're the Patriots, you keep him off the field Sunday, you, you, you get rid of him, you are judging somebody to have done something before he is even judged to be guilty in any kind of a court of law, right. uh, civilly or criminally. It's ridiculous, Ben. Well, I, I mean, I, I was with you until this thing came out this morning, and, and it hasn't swayed me 100%. I'm, 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 I'm a little confused right now how I feel about the whole thing because I agree with you. Guys do have rights, and if all it takes is an unsworn civil um, you know, lawsuit to get a guy taken off the field, that could really open the doors to uh, you know, uh, athletes – getting extorted and um, it, it's, it's an ugly situation. And, and he's, I think uh, afforded due process, but at the same time, he represents the Patriots brand. And now, uh, and this can't be a good look for the Patriots. Robert Kraft can't be feeling good about this. They had to release that ridiculous leak to, to Ian Rappaport that, Oh, Robert Kraft would never have signed him. Had he had known about this beforehand. Well, to me, that doesn't matter. They're, they're still standing by him now. And it's, it's telling that they're standing by him. And, I think you say it hasn't been proven. Well, the thing with 
this morning with the text messages and, and you know, having one of his buddies threaten to, to, you know, investigate the woman, basically stalking. It's, it's a terrible look. And just the, I think the cascade effect um, might end, you know, the, the, it, it's starting to, it's starting to build up against the Patriots and against Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just, I find it interesting that they continue to stand by him. And I wouldn't, I'm not holding my breath on this one. I, I'm I'm not entirely positive that Antonio Brown's going to be playing on Sunday right now. You're not? Hmm. No, I, I think there's a chance, even if they keep him, I think there's a chance they keep him off the field. It's it's a bad look right now. There are a lot of, you know, threatening the, the accuser here is is just terrible. It, it's it's not a good look for Antonio Brown. It's hard to defend it. Um, I, 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 you know, I have my issues with some of the other things going on with the story right now. I, th- I thought the Sports Illustrated article, frankly, was unfair to print accusations against Antonio Brown while giving anonymity to the woman. I thought if you're going to, pr- it's only fair that if you're going to print the accusation, the woman's got to go on the record with it. Yeah. So I, I, I do think it's, it's been kind of a, you know, a bleep storm against Antonio Brown. It's open season. He's an easy target. People are coming after him. However, this thing this morning, how do you defend it? And it's just another thing that's a bad look for Antonio Brown, and it it does stain the Patriots brand. And uh, I, I just I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm not holding my breath yet. I'm not I'm not locking Antonio Brown into the lineup on Sunday. I think there's still a long way to go between now and then. Ben Volan on WEEI, the Greg Hill Show this morning. I would agree with him on the bad look, Ross Tucker. But are you kidding me? He's going to be on the football field. Should he? Look, I'm probably the wrong guy to talk to about this. I didn't think he should be on the field last Sunday. I thought it was a disappointing missed opportunity for the New England Patriots to have him out there after the alleged victim, you know, had come out with the lawsuit. And after we knew that she was going to talk to the NFL on Monday, you know, he still gets paid. They could have made him inactive for the game until they knew more. 10 hours more from the alleged victim. What we're talking about right now is a second victim, a different accuser. And and even if you read the Sports Illustrated story, the guy is, you know, I don't like to name call. I guess there's a bunch of words I could use. He is not a good human being. And it's no longer about whether or not he's got mental health issues or whatever. You know, he went out. How stupid can you be after this story comes out to then have a group text where you are disparaging the woman and telling your buddy Eric B to investigate her? How how dumb can you be? I mean, that this guy, to be honest with you, he he's either he's either a really really awful person, or he's an imbecile, or he's both. Like how 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 dumb can you be to do that? And now it's you know she has the text messages. It gets published. I mean, how does he not realize that that's a terrible idea on so many levels? I don't want him on the field. I don't want him in the league. Enough is enough. How many different pending lawsuits does he have? How many different things has he done? And there are still people, based on my social media, at Ross Tucker NFL this morning, that are still defending him. Picture that. 
picture being the person in life that defends Antonio Brown at this point. I, I, I don't get it. I don't think I'll ever get it. I mean, why, why would you be defending him? What is there to even defend? I understand players' rights. I understand, you know, somebody could have a civil lawsuit. This is multiple accusers now, Dave. And this is multiple emails, texts we have where he brags about it and or threatens it. I'm sorry, Dave. That's enough for me. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. That's enough for me. Get his ass off the field. My inclination is to give a player the benefit of the doubt until there is evidence. But God, is it impossible at this point to defend Antonio Brown. And again, this woman, the artist, separate from Brittany Taylor, did not seek attention, did not seek money or any type of damages or criminal charges. She was leaving this thing alone. And then Antonio Brown, Antonio Clown Brown, excuse me, goes after her with, and on these text messages, why Lisa Banks says it felt intimidating and threatening, there were pictures of this artist's children on that text messages. Uh, text messages. Imagine how frightened you are as a mother knowing a man with an entourage and tens of millions of dollars is spreading pictures of your children. I myself would call the police in a hot second. I, I don't know how this ends, but Antonio Brown got a chance to meet the New England media yesterday, took about four questions. Usually we play you a portion of a player's comments to the media, but in this case, he spoke for about a minute and said, well, about nothing, Patriots speak. Listen. Tony, is everything all right with you in the league? Are you in good standing? I'm super grateful to be here, uh, to play for Tom, uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You know, I got a lot of the offense to learn and catch up, uh, but I'm excited and grateful to be here and uh, to be a part of these guys. How's the process been to kind of get used to everything as everything's going on in your life? Well, it's football, you know. I'm grateful to play football. Every time you walk in the doors here, you know, uh, be your best for the team. So every time I walk in here, I just want to make sure that I'm preparing to uh, give these guys my best. Antonio, what have you heard from the league, if anything, about your availability before? I appreciate that question. You know, uh, I'm just here to just focus on ball and uh, look forward to getting out there in the home stadium and uh, being with the team. I don't know who that dude was. Who was that guy, Ross? I, that's not a guy we've been familiar with in the recent weeks or years. No, that that that's 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 the Patriot way right there. That's kind of comical to me. That's not him. That's what he was told to say. That means nothing to me. Uh, I mean, I've been there. I know how they turn you into robots. They tell them exactly what to say. They have him answer four questions less than a minute, and then he's done. And then he goes out that night, and or the next night and sends that text. I mean, pictures of the woman's children. Are you kidding me? Are, are you kidding me? And I'm amazed there are still just, I was, while we were playing the Ben Bolin audio, I was still looking through some of my um, text messages and people are still defending him. He hasn't been charged with any crime is what they say. Man, that seems to me like a really low standard. That seems like a really low standard. Because you know what happens then? Is even when he is charged with a crime, they'll say, he hasn't been convicted 
of any crime. I mean, neither was O.J. Simpson. I mean, what are we talking about here? It's the whole thing makes me sick because this is the focal point of what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy that doesn't even deserve to be in the league anymore. And we've been on home and home on radio.com slash home and the radio.com app for like a month now, four weeks. This guy has dominated the conversation. So I suppose on one level, I should be thanking him for giving us content and things I'm passionate about to talk about. I'm not, though. I, I don't want to talk about trash human beings. I don't want to talk about garbage like this, human garbage. Like That's not fun for me. I don't like that this is what people think NFL players are like. They're not. I want them out of the league. I want them off the field. And I think that this is a really interesting situation for the NFL. You know, this is going to be an important 48 hours for the NFL and the New England Patriots if they play this guy on Sunday. You know, it's, yeah. I'll say one last thing on this, Dave. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a rooting interest when I watch games. You know, I root for players and coaches I know and like and probably root against those I know and don't like. I know a lot of people hate on the Patriots because of their success and because of some of the scandals they've been involved in. I don't feel that way, really. I was with Brady. I love the guy. I played there for two years. You know what, Dave? Every game that Antonio Brown suits up for the Patriots, I will be outwardly rooting against them and hoping they lose. This guy is now in the category of, I hope his team, whatever he's on, loses every game they play. So Antonio Brown has now trumped my affinity for Tom Brady at this point. I now help the Patriots lose every game that that guy uh, plays for them. It's good insight from you that the Patriots tell players how to answer said questions that I heard the uh, head of the media, they're cutting that interview off. Why not allow him to say, look, here's how I respect women. I take allegations seriously and I take my integrity and my character seriously. I don't know that this strategy in this situation helps them. Ross Tucker wants the Patriots to lose. We all know they will not. With or without Antonio Brown, a 22-point favorite. Second week in a row, they've been more than a 20-point favorite. This team has a shot at going 16-0. I think any of us would be surprised if they weren't at least 14-2. and That's probably without Antonio Brown. With them, yeah, I think perfection is a possibility. Um, look, this is NFL 100. The Patriots... Do not want the story to be Antonio Brown. The NFL does not want this. On the cover of the USA Today this morning, red flags raised by the NFL and their vetting process. We'll talk to the author of that piece ahead here. Antonio Brown, that they want the subject to be some of the great games. And there is a historic matchup on tap this weekend between Kansas City and Baltimore. This is as good a matchup as we've seen in years at the quarterback position. It's going to be outstanding. That's what the NFL wants us to be talking about. They should do a better job of squashing those things. So when we come back after a real quick break, we'll go to 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore to get the insight. Does Baltimore actually have an edge 
on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We'll find out after a real quick break here on Home and Home. All week long, we all wait for Friday, right? End of the work week on Friday, we can have a drink. But this week, I just can't sleep until Sunday because of the matchup between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Nerd alert, nerd alert. Stats are going to be dropped again. First two QBs in the Super Bowl era to complete over 70% of their passes with seven touchdowns and no picks in the first two weeks. That's the first time in NFL history that two quarterbacks have done that, and now they meet on the field this weekend. Holy cow, I'm excited for Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Let's talk about it with Tim Barbalace from 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Follow him at Tim Barbalace. Tim, good to see you. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker here. Uh, one more, just one more nerd alert. Seven touchdowns each. That's 14 total. They have as many touchdown passes as the bottom 10 teams in the league. That includes the Steelers and the Saints. Blows my mind. How defining is this game for young Lamar Jackson? Uh, we're we're going to talk about it uh, on our midday show with uh, me and Vinny Serrato coming up. This is one of the biggest regular season matchups in recent Ravens history. When it comes to hype, I mean, you got two of the top quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson. He's number one in the NFL in passer rating. Patrick Mahomes is number three in the NFL in passer rating. Locally, it's huge. Nationally, it's huge. And if the Ravens can find a way to go on Arrowhead and pick up a victory after uh, last year's thriller uh, ended up being Lamar Jackson's only loss uh, in his regular season career, it would be huge for not only him, but for the team moving forward. So, Tim, I remember last year that there were people that were not happy when Flacco was benched for Lamar Jackson. And even a lot of Baltimore fans that wanted, you know, John Harbaugh to put Flacco in that game against the Chargers in the postseason. I have to imagine that at this point, after the first two weeks, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about Minshew mania. I have to imagine that Lamar mania has gone out of control. I mean, what is it like down there right now? Oh, people are going crazy. I mean, if you just look at his progression from year one to year two, I was out at the first day of OTAs at the Castle, and Lamar didn't look that good, full disclosure. I mean, there were passes sailing over receivers' heads. You know, he still struggled with the deep ball, still struggled throwing outside the numbers. And then when I went to training camp, that's when you saw a huge progression. We've had on his quarterback coach, Joshua Harris, who's worked with him a lot during the offseason. And he's been talking about his progression with mechanics and his accuracy. And you can really tell. I mean, if you would have told even Lamar's biggest supporters that he would have had five touchdown passes, I don't even care if it's against the Miami Dolphins week one, and then followed up with another great performance against the Cardinals, you know, I would have told you you were crazy. This was an offense that was lacking a lot of explosive plays last year. They only had six pass plays of over 40 yards. They already had three pass plays of over 40 yards through two games. And Lamar, he's done it with his legs, too. After only having three rush attempts against the Dolphins week one, you know, he had 16 rush attempts for a career-high 120 uh, rushing yards against the Cardinals last week. So, obviously, he can beat you in a lot of different ways. Okay, you mentioned it, though. It's Miami and it's Arizona. Is it fool's yeah. gold? Well, that's the thing. 
And Ross, you, you kind of brought up uh, the fans. There are There is still some apprehension in some sections of the fan base saying, oh, Miami, they're terrible. They're tanking. Arizona, another team that might be selecting in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Look, two games is a very small sample size, and something that's going to be interesting, at least in the passing angle, is Lamar's really been focusing in on Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. 28 of the team's 47 pass completions have gone to those two guys. They're going to need some other guys to step up, maybe a Willie Sneed, maybe a Miles Boykin. But... Regardless, I mean, the secondaries have not been good that he's gone up against, but the passes, I mean, there's been just crazy accurate passes. Look at the third and 11 last week where he completed that 40-plus yard pass to Marquise Brown. I don't care who's covering that. You're not going to break that pass up, and that's a step in the right direction. Is he going to be completing 72% of his passes by the end of the year? Probably not. Is he going to have 140-plus passer rating by the end of the year? Probably not but he's definitely vastly improved. Yeah, so the next question then always comes, Tim, about the running part of it. 16 carries, 120 yards against the Cardinals. Kind of interesting to me, by the way, that he threw for two touchdowns, you know, ran that well, and they barely beat the Cardinals. I I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign, but I'm going to ask you that specifically about 16 carries for 120 yards. Do you get excited about that? Or do you get nervous about that? Well, this was the issue that a lot of fans and pundits were kind of struggling with last year. I mean, he was averaging close to 17 rush attempts per game in his last uh, seven starts of the regular season last year. It's not sustainable. I mean, we can be honest. But the 16 carries, I don't really know how many hits he took against the Cardinals, where last year... It seemed like he was seeking contact. You know, he would run back in and lower his shoulder towards guys. But last week, it seemed like he was running out of bounds more. It seemed like he was avoiding contact better. I don't think this is going to be an every week thing. I mean, like I said earlier, he only had three rush attempts against the Dolphins. I think the sweet spot is probably somewhere in between the two maybe a seven to nine, seven to 10 rush attempts per game is probably more sustainable, but I don't think you're going to be seeing 16 rush attempts a game. It was very exciting though. (laughs) How big a challenge does the Kansas city defense pose to Lamar? Well, I mean, that was their Achilles heel last year, right? Uh, They really struggled um, all last year. They brought in Frank Clark with the big trade with the Seattle Seahawks. It seems like they've been better through their first two games. But again, we talk about the level of competition that the Ravens have played. You know, the Chiefs have only played the Jaguars and the Raiders in their first two games. They do pose a threat, though. And and I also mentioned this earlier. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm trying everything I can to take uh, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown out of this game and make some of the other uh, Ravens receivers beat them. I mean, Willie Sneed had one catch last week. Miles Boyd can have one catch. Those are the only other completions to, to an, uh, Ravens receiver outside of Marquise Brown. Ravens do have some talented uh, tight ends with Hayden Hurst, their first-round pick from last year. Nick Boyle, he's more of a blocking tight end, but he can also catch some passes, too. I, you know, I'm definitely a little concerned with uh, Jackson going in there, especially with the Chiefs' home opener. You know it's going to be a loud, uh, raucous environment, and the crowd noise is going to play a factor. 
You know, Tim, I know you were talking a little earlier about Lamar throwing. Is it just me or is he better with like the more difficult the throw is? Because I still saw him miss a couple easy throws last week. I can't remember. It might have been Andrews on a crossing route on like a yeah. third down. He threw it like five yards over his head. And then he has the sideline throw to Marquise Brown. He had another one down the seam that was unbelievable. Like, how many layups do you think he's missed the last couple weeks? And is that a concern? And that's a great point, Ross. And we were talking about that, you know, on Vinny and Haney all offseason. That was the big thing with Lamar last year, only having a 58% completion percentage. A big reason why that was, was him missing the layups. And he was even worse outside the numbers, which makes that Marquise Brown pass even more impressive because that was on the sideline. I want to say he was in the 30s uh, com uh, completion percentage for throws outside the numbers. But this year, he did miss a couple layups. The Mark Andrews one especially, where he was kind of wide open. There was probably no one within five yards of him. But I'll say this. He only had three incompletions against the Dolphins. Didn't miss any layups there. He missed a couple more throws against the uh, Arizona Cardinals last week. But but again, I mean, he had an 85% completion percentage against the Dolphins. He had a 65-plus completion percentage against the Cardinals. If you're a Ravens fan, you'll take that. Uh, now, you gotta you got to hit those layups in the Mark Andrews play especially. But given what we saw from last year, we were all just kind of hoping Lamar Jackson could hover around 60% completion percentage. He's definitely far exceeded those expectations. Is it a concern moving forward? I, he's been better this year. He really has. I mean, he's far exceeded expectations. So if he plays like he did against the Cardinals for the rest of the year, the Ravens will be just fine. Agree with that. On the flip side of the football, with the caveat that no one is equipped to slow down Patrick Mahomes, even without Tyreek Hill. How well equipped is this Baltimore defense to stop the passing game? It's a concern, and it's a big concern. In all offseason, everyone was singing the praises of the Ravens secondary. You saw some articles saying that the Ravens have one of the deepest position groups in football with their secondary They've had some injuries. Tavon Young, their nickel corner, who they gave a big extension this offseason. He had a neck injury. He's done for the year. Jimmy Smith in the first quarter of the game against the Dolphins went down with a knee injury. He's supposed to miss a couple weeks. So it's kind of forced other corners into action. Anthony Averett was a fourth-round pick out of Alabama last year for the Ravens. He's starting now. Brandon Carr, he's had to play more inside in the slot. So there's not as much depth there at cornerback. And Kyler Murray kind of diced them up last week. 349 yards passing. The Ravens, sec uh, Ravens defense gave up seven pass plays of 20 yards or more. And Larry Fitzgerald was running wide open on a couple of those. Had a 40-plus yard reception and a 50-plus yard reception. That can't happen against Patrick Mahomes because he's going to really make that Ravens defense pay. Tyreek Hill, he came up with a big 48-yard reception on fourth and nine in last year's matchup. Obviously, he's not playing. But Jimmy Smith played in that game, too, and he's not going to be playing Sunday. I mean, the Chiefs still have some big-time weapons. Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins has been huge through two games this uh, year. McCole Hardman, uh, he's been great as well. So they're going to have their hands full, definitely. 
So last one for me, Tim, um, is just about the division. You know, not only are the Ravens off to a hot start, but Ben Roethlisberger went down in Pittsburgh. Cleveland got smoked by the Titans somehow at home. They beat the Jets, didn't look great. The Browns aren't aren't looking really that good right now. I mean, there's a there's a real opportunity for the Ravens. I'm curious how you feel about it and how many of the callers have just mentioned, man, that this division is, is absolutely there for the taking. Yeah, and it seemed like the Ravens were very much flying under the radar this offseason, even though they were the reigning AFC North champion. Everyone was hyping up Cleveland, obviously, with their huge acquisitions. Steelers were kind of flying under the radar, too. And full disclosure, I picked the Steelers to win the division prior to the season. I don't think that's going to happen now with Ben Roethlisberger out for the year. But you can't really ask for a better start where everyone in the division lost week one. Cleveland did pick up their first win on Monday Night Football. Didn't look that good uh, doing so against the Jets. Baker Mayfield in that offense has really looked out of sorts thus far, and they have a tough schedule coming up. They play the Rams on Sunday night football. Then they have to come to Baltimore. So even if the Ravens lose this game against the Chiefs, and let's say the Rams lose Sunday, if the Ravens can hold serve at home, pick up that win, go 3-1, and one, and then Cleveland's 1-3, and three, you're talking about a big-time two-game lead just four games into the season, and since he's already winless, the Steelers are winless without Ben Roethlisberger, the Ravens definitely have a huge opportunity uh, at a chance at repeating as AFC North champions. What's the score? Who wins this Sunday? I'm going to say 33-27 Chiefs. I'm definitely very nervous about the – Ravens secondary going against Patrick Mahomes. I think Lamar Jackson is going to make some plays, but I think the Chiefs come out on top in their home opener. Taking the rival. Okay, Chiefs over the Ravens. Tim Barbalace, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Great to have you, sir. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Enjoy that game. Next hour, we'll check in with the other side as Carrington Harrison, our friend from Sports Radio 610 and KC, talks about the Chiefs. But when we come back after a quick break, how much are the Dallas Cowboys work worth Excuse me, to Dak Prescott? He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The author of that piece that answers that question, Connor Orr, joins us in three minutes. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 